Come on, Journey Church. How are y'all doing today? Come on, I just, I got to say, like, uh, first of all, welcome, Lake Worth. I'm excited that I get to be in the house today. Can you guys help me to welcome our Boynton campus and all of those tuned in online? Show them some love. Thank y'all for tuning in. And I just want to say, our lead pastor, his messages are anointed. Okay, I love Pastor Scott. Super talented. Uh, but even his announcements are anointed. I mean, he just gave the, I don't even feel like I need to preach. I was going to say amen and just kind of walk off. I feel filled up by his encouragement, man. We're, we're excited to be here today. And um, man, do you guys believe in the power of prayer? Come on, I believe there's power in prayer. Pastor Scott just talked about this. So today, I want to kick off my message with us praying for God to open up our hearts. Is that okay? Let's pray together. Come on. Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, we just thank you that we get the opportunity to be here today. God, we thank you that we get to live in such an incredible country. God, we thank you um, that we get the opportunity to meet together without persecution. And God, we thank you um, that, God, you brought us here today, Father God. I know that we don't go places, we're sent places. So, Lord, I believe that every single person that's in this room right now is called and needs to be in this room. So here's my prayer. God, I pray that today you would open up our hearts. I pray that we would put aside our prejudices, that we would put aside our differences, but that, God, we would be united and focused on you and looking to receive a word from the one who gave it all so that we can have life. So God, I just pray that today, Lord, you would speak through me because my words have no power without yours. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, guys, it is 4th of July weekend. Come on. Who loves this country? Yeah. Can you guys help me to celebrate all of our veterans, all of our armed forces, the people that are fighting, and their families that are sacrificing so much so that we can live in the freedom. Come on, their families sacrifice so much. Man, I'm honored that we get to live in this wonderful country. And today, what better scripture to start off with on 4th of July weekend than 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14, where God says, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins and restore their land. Come on, y'all. Only God can bring healing to a land and only God can bring healing to our hearts. And I truly believe that in order for him to heal our hearts or our land, First, he has to heal our hearts. Come on, there are some things in our hearts that I believe God needs to heal. Because that scripture actually says, if my people who are called by my name, that's you, that's me, that's us. God is saying, if we would humble ourselves. Come on, Christians, sometimes we're fighting each other when we should be fighting the enemy and fighting together. Amen. Come on, we need to be fighting united against the enemy. If my people who are called by my name. See, Pastor Nate found me in the lobby earlier. And he's like, hey, man, let me pray for your message. And I said, absolutely. And he said something in his prayer that I wanted to share with you guys today. He said this. He said, a divided church leads to a divided nation. Come on, somebody. I found power in those words. A divided church leads to a divided nation. 
So today, we're going to pray together, and we're going to work together as a team. Because here's the thing, Journey Church, I love this country. Come on, if you don't believe it, look at my shirt. Come on, I came prepared today. I got my American swag flag, you know what I'm saying? I wear my country on my shoulders, you know what I mean? I love this country. As a matter of fact, a few months ago, my wife and I, somebody's like, he's got a good outfit on, right? I did it today, come on. Uh, (laughs) Best outfit I've worn all year. Uh, So... For those who don't know, a couple months ago, my wife and I got the American flag, okay, um, for our house. And we love it. Guys, I, I got to tell you, I think we have one of the most beautiful flags in the world. Come on, we got the stars and the stripes. Anybody love our flag? Come on, we got a beautiful flag. I got the flag for the house. I see it every day. Now, I know what some of y'all are thinking. Okay, Some of y'all are thinking, Junior, you only got the flag because you're French and you want to be more American. You just want to try to fit in a little bit more, to which I would say not so. Okay, that is not why I got the flag. Now, do I believe that if immigration is ever driving down the street and they see the flag, oh, he's one of us, he's cool. And they're going to pass over. This is the new symbol. It's the new Passover, right? They're going to pass over to the next house because I got the flag. Now, do I believe that's true? Yes. Not why I got it. I got it because I love our flag and I think our country is amazing. And the other day I ran across this thing called Only in America, right? And I thought it was so true. And I thought it was funny and powerful. So I want to share it with you, Journey Church, to tell me if y'all think this is accurate and if it's somewhat funny, okay? Can we do it together? Let's do it together. Okay. First one says, only in America, do we, <laughs> do drugstores make the sick walk all the way to the back of the store for them to get their prescriptions while healthy people can buy cigarettes up front? <laughs> Come on. Only in America. <laughs> Next one. Only in America. Do people order a double cheeseburger, a large fry, and a Diet Coke? I'm not hating on that one. That's my order. Do not hate on that one because when I have Diet Coke, I can have ice cream too because I'm not getting all the calories. It's a, it's, it's a win-win, okay? I love this one. Only in America do we leave cars worth thousands of dollars in the driveway and put our useless junk in the garage. Come on <laughs> But have you seen prices of storage units? I'm just saying. Uh, next one, last one. Only in America do we buy hot dogs in packs of 10 and buns in packs of 8. Come on, am I the only one frustrated by this dilemma? Like this one bothers me. Listen, it is 4th of July tomorrow. Many of us will buy hot dogs and we're going to buy buns, right? Now come on. Picture this, okay? It's 4th of July, you're at Publix, you're in a rush. And you go and you grab your hot dogs and your buns, and now you're sitting there talking about, okay, how many buns to hot dogs do I need so I don't waste any? I got 10, uh, two of these is 20, two of these is 16. Okay, three of these is, is, is 24, and, and two of these is 20. I can't fit. Oh, I should have paid attention in math class. How many hot dogs and how many? See, I knew they, when they had that question in the book, it said when Sandy goes to Publix and needs 18 hot dogs and buns, how do you, I should have, I knew I got that one wrong. It would have been, hell. I got a resentment towards the bun makers. Listen, I'm just telling y'all, y'all could judge me if you want to. But we at church, and let's be honest, sometimes we as Christians get angry. Because I thought to myself, if you are a bun maker, a hot dog bun maker, shouldn't you know the product that you're actually supporting? How many hot dogs they got? Like, you should have worked together. You see what I'm saying? Like, these, they should have worked together and been like, okay, they got 10 hot dogs. I'm going to make 10 buns. It just, but today I'm frustrated because they didn't sync up. 
they didn't, they didn't coordinate with each other, right? And so I went to prayer. Because y'all know there's power in prayer. So I went to the Lord Jesus and said, Jesus, this hot dog thing is frustrating me. Some people in this room, y'all are good at math. You're like, all you needed was 10 and 10. And you got 80 and 20. And you got, I, I don't do math like that. So I said, Lord, would you help me? I just want to tell you guys, I found out that the hot dog bun maker was actually brilliant. He was brilliant. He, he was actually a visionary. Why? I'm going to tell you what. Here's what happened. See, so this hot dog bun maker knew that one day in the future we would have a diet called keto. And every, perf- every family would have one person that cannot eat buns. So therefore in their brilliance they say we're going to make eight buns with ten hot dogs so we can honor the keto person in the family. I don't know if I solved this or not. But it sure sounds accurate to me, okay? Only in America. Guys, we live in a wonderful country. And I got to tell you guys, man, I love this country. I love this church. And I I just looked in the front right here and I saw Pastor Scott's beautiful family. Can you guys give it up for Pastor Scott's beautiful family? And and I just want to say... Uh, Barbara, okay, so, so Pastor Scott's mom, Barbara Ba, is one of the greatest encouragers I have ever encountered. Every time I would see her, she would say, everybody loves Junior and speak life into me. So, Barbara, I just want to say I'm so grateful for your life and thank you for always speaking life into everybody. Come on, I saw you in the front row. I had to say that because you're just such an incredible person, right? And Bob, so you got Bob, Barbara, so many B's. Thank God it's not Ben Ball. He's Scott. Scott works. That works. All right. (laughs) Guys, I love this country. But here's the thing. Did you guys know that this country was founded on God? Come on. We got to go back here. Did you know that this wonderful country that we love was founded on God? I mean, if you go back to our very first president, who was one of our founding fathers, he made this quote, and I love it. George Washington said this. It is, what's that word? Impossible to rightly govern a nation without who? And? Come on. Right? It is impossible to rightly govern a nation without God and without the Bible. Come on. Our our 16th president, he said this, and I love what he says. He says, guys, my concern is not whether God is on our side. My greatest concern is to be on God's side because God is always right. That is Abraham Lincoln. Come on, y'all. Our country was founded on God. And see, although we were founded on God, it, it seems to me like more and more we started edging God out of our school systems, edging God out of our government, edging God out of our homes, and edging God out of our lives. And a friend reminded me the other day that anytime we're edging God out, It actually spells the acronym ego. Anytime our ego, edging God out, comes in the way, things start to fall apart. See, I've been doing weddings lately, and as I've been doing all these different weddings, like one question that I love to ask people who are getting married is, man, how many kids do you guys want? Like kids are such a blessing. How many kids do you want? And so many of these couples have been telling me, Junior, I I don't know if we want any kids. Like we, we don't want to bring kids into this world. We, we don't want to bring kids into this, this nation and these broken systems. Like we're, we're actually afraid. We're God's, but we're afraid to have children. 
because of how broken the world and the systems and this nation is. And see, I thought to myself, man, kids are such a blessing, right? I mean, come on, kids, kids are such a blessing, says anybody who doesn't have them. <laughs> Sorry, that was a tender moment. I shouldn't have thrown that in there, but we love kids. Come on, parents, we all do. We love kids, right? But isn't it sad that people are afraid to bring a, a blessing from God into this world because of how broken and how much we've edged God out and how far we've somewhat drifted from him? See, I read this thing called Here's the Sadness of America, and it's written by a pastor, and it's entitled The Paradox of Our Time. And I, this is so powerful that I even put the words up so you didn't have to just hear me. You can see it. It says this, the paradox of our time in history is that we have taller buildings but shorter tempers, wider freeways but narrower viewpoints. We spend more but have less. We buy more but enjoy it less. We have bigger houses and smaller families, more conveniences, but less time. Ain't that the truth? We have more degrees than thermometers. I add the thermometer part. That's why it's in parentheses. But less sense, more knowledge, less judgment, more experts, but more problems. Guys, we have more medicine, but less wellness. It seems like we're moving in the wrong direction. It says we drink too much, smoke too much, spend too recklessly, laugh too little, drive too fast, get too angry too quickly, stay up too late, get up too tired, read too seldom, watch way too much TV, and pray way too seldom. Wow. Guys, we've multiplied our possessions, but we've reduced our values. Mm. We talk too much, love too seldom, hate too often. We've learned to make a living, but not a life. We've added years to life, but not life to years. See, we've been all the way to the moon and back, but have trouble crossing the street to meet a new neighbor. We've conquered outer space, but not inner space. Come on, somebody. We've done larger things, but not better things. We've cleaned up the air, but polluted our souls. We split the atoms, but not our prejudice. We write more, but learn less. We plan more, but accomplish less. We've learned to rush, but not to wait. We build more computers to hold more information and produce more copies than ever, but have less communication. Guys, these are times of fast foods, slow digestion, tall men, short character, steep profits, but shallow relationships. And church, I truly believe that as a nation, when you read those words, you can see them to be true. And I believe that we have started to drift away from God. So today my goal is to show us how do we step back into God's good graces? How do we step back in and just lean into God and go back to where we were founded? And today the title of my, mes my message is not God Bless America. The title of my message today is America Bless God. Come on, turn to your neighbor and tell him, neighbor, it's time for America to bless God. Turn to your second choice and tell them, neighbor, that means to be obedient. In case you didn't get it. Come on, guys. It's time for us 
to bless God. See, my wonderful father-in-law, his name is Pastor Bill. Um, he is an incredible husband, incredible father, incredible pastor. He has pastored for over 40 years, and he's the one that gave me this title. He's like, Junior, my 833rd message I ever preached was called America Bless God. And now I know the title sounds amazing, but I didn't, I wasn't stuck on the title. I'm like, you said 830, what? You have preached, hey, he's like, no, I preached more than that. That was just my 833rd message. I'm like, man, I think I'm on like number three or four or something. I don't, I got a long way to go, right? But, but here's the thing. Anybody that can pastor for decades and still be sane deserves recognition. So if you guys would, on the count of three, can you guys help me to honor Bill? When I, when I count to three, you guys clap and say thank you, Bill. You with me? Let's do it together, okay? One, two, three. Thank you, Pastor Bill. We love you. We honor you. Thank you so much for helping with this message and for allowing me to marry your beautiful daughter. I'm blessed. Okay, hallelujah. Done my part on that one. Okay, <laughs> Second Chronicles 7.14. God says, if, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray. Church, there's power in prayer. But can I ask you a question? Do you believe that there's power in prayer? Do you believe it? I, I mean, we've been taught to pray and told to pray. But do you really believe that when you pray, your words go to a God that can answer those prayers? Do you believe that there's power in prayer? Because here's the thing. The enemy wants you to believe that there isn't. The enemy wants nothing more than for you to believe there's no power in prayer because he doesn't want you to pray. Because he knows that if you don't pray, you won't receive. So therefore, he's like, I want to keep them blinded to prayer. Because I want to keep them from having that close relationship with their father. Come on, Samuel Chadwick says it like this, and I love it. He says, the one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing about prayerless studies, prayerless work, prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil, mocks at our wisdom, but trembles when we pray. Come on, somebody. I would run around the room on that statement because he's saying the devil trembles, church, when we pray. See, Martin Luther King says it like this. To be Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Come on. Last one, Charles Spurgeon. He said, I would rather teach one man to pray than ten men to preach. Come on, we don't need more preachers out there. We need more prayer warriors out there. We don't need to be preaching to people, telling them what to do. We need to pray for people so God can lead them to what to do. We don't need more preachers. We need more prayer warriors. And Journey Church, that's us. Come on, that is us. God's people, we are called to be those prayer warriors. We are called to pray for people. So today, what I want to do is I want to talk about the power of prayer. Okay, the power of of prayer. Turn to your neighbor and tell them prayer releases things. Turn to your second choice and say, did you catch that? Come on, prayer releases things. God is constantly releasing things from heaven. But my question is this, did you catch that? Did you catch that? Because here's the thing, prayer releases several things that I'd love to point out real quick. And I'm really proud of this because they're all P words. Okay, so prayer releases power. 
Prayer releases provision. Prayer releases protection. Prayer releases people. Prayer releases perspective. Prayer releases purpose. Prayer relieves pain. Prayer relieves pressure. Prayer releases perseverance. And prayer releases peace. Come on, somebody. Prayer releases many of that and so much more. But today, I'm only going to break down three of those Ps. Why? Because, guys, it's 4th of July weekend, and I know y'all want to be out there partying. Come on, we're American. We don't want to, you know what I'm saying? Because here's the thing. We don't actually celebrate the day as a nation for the most part. No, we don't. See, we don't celebrate Memorial Day. We celebrate Memorial Day weekend. Come on, right? We don't celebrate Labor Day. We celebrate Labor Day weekend. We don't celebrate our birthday. We celebrate our birthday Y'all done did it again. I thought that was just first service. My goodness, this is a real thing in America, isn't it? <laughs> first service, somebody said the same thing. I'm like, birthday, weekend, that month, I celebrate the whole month. Somebody in here is like, I celebrate the whole year. I'm constantly buying my gifts from year to year. I'm going and I'm going to celebrate, right? Because we're American. That's what we do. We don't celebrate 4th of July. We celebrate 4th of July. Weekend, come on, some of us, as soon as church is over, we're going to go let off some fireworks. It's broad daylight. We can't even see them, but we're going to set them off anyway because we're American and we can do that. We like to party. Amen. Okay, so <laughs> today we're going to talk about the power that prayer releases, and I'm going to break down three of those Ps. This is the thing. Power or prayer releases power and it releases people. Come on, prayer releases power and it releases people. See, Matthew 10.1 says this, and when he had called the 12 disciples to him, we're talking about Jesus, he gave them what? Power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Journey Church, did you know that you have the power to pray healing over people? Journey, did you know that you actually have the power to pray spirits out of people and pray healing, physical healing over them? Don't believe me? Come to our freedom conference. Come to our worship nights. Come to our living room sessions. We are constantly here at Journey Church seeing people healed from things because somebody prayed over them. But here's the thing. I don't want to just focus on physical healing. Guys, I want to start talking more about some spiritual healing. See, I think Journey Church, that as a church, we need to be praying for people in authority. We need to be praying for our governments. We need to be praying for our leaders. Because here's the thing, Jesus uttered these words going to the cross. He said, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. See, they knew what they were doing. They were crucifying Jesus. But Jesus knew that there was something working in the background that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against spiritual principalities, authorities, right, in the dark world. Jesus knew that sometimes we're trying to attack the person but there's a spiritual component going on in the background that we need to be praying for. Church, we need to start praying for some of our leaders. And see, this reminds me of a story in the Bible in the book of Acts. When Paul and Silas, actually this is the reason why they got locked up, okay. This fortune teller was following them around saying stuff. Now let's read it together. Acts 16, verse 16 through 18. It says this. Now it happened as we went to what? Prayer. That a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of politicians, I mean, div divinations, I'm sorry, my bad, I read that wrong. Mm. My bad. Uh, <laughs> whew. Who brought her master much profit by fortune telling. Uh, the, this girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are servants of the most high God 
who proclaimed to us the way of salvation. And she did this for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed. Come on, Christians, we can be annoyed sometimes. Paul, Paul greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit. Guys, I need you to catch that. He didn't turn to the girl. He didn't, hey, stop following me. Hey, you're no. He didn't turn to the girl. He did what? He turned to who? The spirit. And he said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Come on, guys. Sometimes we need to be praying, not condemning the person, but praying for that spirit that's within them that's actually creating the havoc and the chaos. See, guys, prayer releases power and prayer releases people. And here's the thing. I'm not telling you to pray for our leaders because they deserve it. I'm not even telling you to pray for our leaders because you feel like it. I'm telling you to pray for our leaders because God commands it. God tells us to pray for our leaders. See, 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4, this is where he says it. He says, I urge you, this is Paul speaking, first of all, to do what? For who? I could end the message right here. And if we all just prayed for all people, we would be straight. But I know y'all won't, so I'm going to keep preaching. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it says, ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. I wish I had more time to break this down. But do you see God says give thanks for them? Because God knows that who you give thanks for, your heart shifts for. Okay? So if you're giving thanks for them, sooner or later your heart will start to shift for them. He says pray this way for kings and all who are in authority. Church, I need you to know back then those kings and those people in authority were not good people. Okay, they're not, they were literally killing Christians and killing babies. So God's not saying to, to them, hey, listen, these guys are wicked, so forget them. What is God saying? He's saying, no, no, no. I want you to pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and it pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Here's the thing. If you're fighting them, they won't want to listen to you. If you're fighting them, they won't want to listen to you. Right? Most people, come on, think about this for a moment. If I'm trying to sell you a hot dog and you hate me, I'm like, buy a hot dog. No. Buy a hot dog. No. Why won't you buy a hot dog? I don't even like you, man. So buy a hot dog from me. I ain't buying no hot dog from you. I'm buying from that guy. He's nice. Right? Come on. Some of us have bought Girl Scout cookies, right? Not because we needed them. We have enough Slim Mints in our life. Right? We bought them because we want to be nice. Some of us, right, have bought things from our kids' school. Come on, they do these, uh, what do you call those things? The fundraisers, right. Come on, how many times have you bought a nail kit you ain't never going to use? You bought all kinds of stuff right? because of the relationship. It's easier to reach people when you're in relationship with them. And God is saying, hey, stop fighting these people. Start praying for these people. And, yes, it may take time. But he's saying keep on praying for these people because prayer has power. It releases power and it releases people. My second point is this. Prayer releases perspective. And, guys, I love this. Prayer releases perspective. I like to say it this way. We're in the same building, but we have different views. Come on. We're in the same America, but we have different views. Prayer releases perspective. See, I learned a long time ago in business that we don't always see things as they are. We see things as we are. And the way that we've been conformed, the voices that we've lifted to start to shape how we actually see things in our 
lives. So what I need you to know is this. Sometimes we don't need America to change. Sometimes God needs us to change. Amen. Sometimes we don't need America to change. Sometimes we need to change. See, Romans 12, 2 says this, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind. See, sometimes God just wants to give you a fresh perspective. It's kind of like me doing this. It's kind of like me preaching at this wall and saying, God, I pray that you would bring people in my path. Lord, this place is so empty. I just need you to bring people in my path, Lord. It's empty. And God says, Junior, turn around. No, God, I don't need to change. I don't need, God, God, would you bring people, would you do your, would you bring them in my path, Father God? And he says, Junior, just turn. Sometimes it's not the world that needs to change. Sometimes I need to change. Sometimes I simply need to turn from what I'm doing, turn from what I'm facing. I'll say it this way. Sometimes you're not in the wrong place. You're just facing the wrong way. Sometimes you're in the right place, you just have the wrong view. And I believe that God wants to release perspective to so many of us today because he wants us to see things as he does. And here's what I can tell you, Journey Church. If our America changes, then our America changes. Because once it changes in us, it changes how we treat people, and it has a trickle-down effect. My last one is prayer releases peace. See, Philippians 4 6 through 7 says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And there it goes again, thank him for what he has done. When you thank him, gratitude shifts your heart. It says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. God says, here's the thing, guys, pray and thank me. I don't know how you woke up this morning. I don't know what you watched on the news. I don't know what has your heart in turmoil. But God says, but if you would pray and seek me and thank me, I'm going to give you a peace that you won't even understand. You'll be walking through a storm say, I should be more stressed out right now. I should be more worried right now. I should be more upset right now. But for some reason, there's something inside of me, and I'm not angry about what's going on. See, Journey Church, we need to be a people of prayer. And, and, and not only do we need to be a people of prayer, but we need to keep praying. Journey, we need to not stop praying because there's power in persistence. Come on, who here knows there's power in persistence? Come on, let's. Some of us have been praying for relationships. Some of us have been praying for finances. Some of us have been praying for people. And if we're honest, we just gave up. We're like, man, I'm just, I'm done praying for them. They, they ain't going to come around. You're praying for your kids. Who knows? Who, whatever you've been praying for. I think God is sending me today to tell you, hey, don't give up on praying. And Luke actually gives us a great story on this in Luke chapter 18. He says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always do what? And never, amen. He says, there was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that same city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to just get her justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, hey, learn from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him when? 
day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. Come on, guys, there's power in persistence. Don't believe me? Anybody in here got kids? Come on, your kids come up to you. Can I get a cookie? Can I get a cookie? No. Can I get a cookie? No. Can I get a No, I'm working. Would you leave me alone? They walk away. Three minutes later, can I get a cookie? No. Can I get a cookie? Just go, go get a cookie, okay? Get it. Eat the whole box. I ain't got time to play with you. I'm busy working. You bother me with your cookie request. Get out of here. Eat your cookie. Thank you. A few hours later, you walk into the kitchen. Well, who ate all them cookies? What happened to all the cookies? You told me I can eat the cookies. No, no, you asked for a cookie. That is one cookie. Where all the cookies go? Well, while you was upset, you said eat the whole box. Oh, we need to stop yelling things out to our kids. But there's power and persistence, isn't there? Come on, some of y'all are dating somebody because they were persistent. Some of y'all are married and sitting next to somebody because they were persistent. Come on, if it can work in our lives and in our relationships, why can't it work with prayer? See, there's power in persistence. And see, Journey Church, I think that if we would be consistent and persistent with our prayers, if we would pray for America, I believe that God would bring healing to our hearts and he would bring healing to our land. So here's my challenge, Journey Church. My challenge is this. On your seat, there should have been a card there, right? And the, the card is marked, America, bless God. And here's the challenge that I want to give to you. People, church at home, uh, Journey Church, boy in, come on. Anybody that's out there right now, I want to challenge you for this month, for the month of July, that we would seek God, that we would pray consistently and persistently and ask God to heal our land. How would it look, think about this for a moment, if thousands of us, everybody in this room, everybody from first service, everybody tuned in at Boynton and at home, thousands of us, would daily go to prayer and ask God to heal our hearts and heal our land. See, a long time ago in business, I learned the best way to remember to do something is to put it somewhere you can always see it. The reason we gave you those cards and the reason I'm telling people at home to write this down and put it on their mirror is because so many times we'll leave here and be like, yes, I need to pray. And then after lunch, you forgot what the message was all about. But today I want to challenge you, Journey Church. If you're at home, write this down on a card. If you're in this place, take that card. And when you go home today, put it up in your bathroom. Put it up in your office. And every day when you see those words, 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn for their wicked ways, I will hear them from heaven. I will forgive their sins. And I will heal their land. And I truly believe, Journey Church, that if all of us together for the next 28 days committed to pray, here's what I can tell you. In 28 days, even if this whole nation doesn't change, your heart will. God will do something in you. So, Journey, are you willing to take on this challenge? Are you willing to partner with us? For this month, the trick is they say after 21 days a habit is formed. So I'm really hoping y'all are going to keep going. (laughs) 
But if I told you to keep praying, you'd stop. So if I tell you you can stop after 28 days, you might keep praying. Come on, somebody. That was strategic. (laughs) Would you take the time? Can we go to our knees? Guys, sometimes we feel like maybe we're too small to make an impact. Well, what if those 12 disciples felt like we're not, we don't have enough people? Guys, we have everything we need. My prayer is that you guys would partner with us this month. That we would humble ourselves. That we would pray. That we would seek. And that we would turn. That we would humble ourselves. That we would pray. That we would seek. That we would turn. Say it with me. That we would humble ourselves. That we would pray. That we would seek. That we would turn. I think Journey Church. And I fully, truly believe in my heart that if there's going to be transformation in this country, in this world, it starts with God's people. And if we're not willing to change, then we can't be upset for the change that we're not seeing. So Journey Church, if you're with me, I want you to raise your hand. If you're willing to pray this month, pray for our country, pray for our families, pray for our people, pray for peace. Pray for just God to move. In a ma- As a matter of fact, we're going to do this. We're going to model it and start it off together so you at least have one day. <laughs> Come on. Some of you guys, hopefully you make it to seven days, 21 days and beyond. But if nothing else, we're going to pray together right now for our nation. And we're all going to have one day. And I believe if we continue to do this, God's going to move in a mighty way. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come into your presence. God, most times we don't know what to say. God, most times we don't know where to begin. Father God, there's so much brokenness. There's so much division. There's so much prejudice. There's so much separation. There's so much hurt. There's so much pain that, God, I don't even know where to start. So, God, I'll start with me. God, would you help me to see? what it is that you're calling me to see. Would you open my eyes to your truth? Would you open my heart to love the way that you love? God, I pray for our church, Journey Church. God, would you open up our hearts and our minds, Father God? I pray that if there's anybody in here that doesn't know you, Father God, that they wouldn't know you for what we don't stand for, don't believe in, because so many times we, we know Christians for what we don't stand for. But God, that they would know us for what we do stand for. We stand for love. We stand for peace. We stand for you. We stand for joy. God, we stand for something so much greater. God, I pray for our country. Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name that, Father God, all of the leaders, all of the politicians, all of the people, all of these people, that you would open their eyes, Lord, and that they would see what you want them to see. God, your words have power. Your perspective is right. As Abraham Lincoln said, it's not that we want you to be on our side, God. We need to get on your side. God, I pray that you would shake things up in this nation. That you would send people to love on these people. God, sometimes we're blinded and it's not because we want to be blind, but because the devil is the father of lies. 
God, I pray that we would be able to pray as a church and as a nation for one another. God, I pray that you would bring healing to the broken. God, I pray that you would bring justice. God, I pray that you would bring love. God, I pray that you would bring kindness. God, I pray that we would stop judging one another and start fighting for one another. Because what unites us is greater than what divides us. God, I pray for our troops. God, I pray for our veterans. God, would you protect them? Would you give them strength, Father God? I pray for their families. Would you comfort them, Father God? Would you let them know how valuable they are? God, I pray. And God, a lot of times I don't know what to pray. But Father God, your word says that you hear us from heaven. And that God, when we pray and humble ourselves and seek your face, you will hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and heal our land. God, I pray for forgiveness of sins right now. God, sometimes the reason maybe why we're not seeing healing is because of the sin that we have in our heart that's unrepented for, Lord. God, in old days, you saw the disciples would ask Jesus, who sinned that this man would be blind? There was a correlation between sin and sickness. So God, I pray for every person in this room right now. If there's any unforgiven sin, any bitterness towards anybody, God, help us to release it to you. Humble ourselves. Pray. Seek. And turn. And God, I believe based on not the authority of my words, but the authority of your word, that if we do this, you're going to start bringing forth some healing in this place. And God, we thank you in advance for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much.